0: It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. Tell me something good. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast.
1: With Steve Nudelberg, here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to yet another edition. Of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast, the 27 Rules for Influencers and Leaders. We've already made it. We've already made it to episode 30, Steve Nittleberg. Who would have thought we'd come this far? 30 for 30. 30 for 30. We're going to do 30 minutes for episode 30. Thirty for thirty. That's exactly what I'm talking about.
0: Incredible. Yeah. So proud. Yes. Of the work that we've done.
1: It's been, you know, you've come a long way in thirty episodes. I like to think I've digressed. I've let you down. I've disappointed. <laughs> but uh, I can pick up my performance now, and we can all move forward Listen,
0: together. There are lots of people who tune in every single week, getting their, you know, pearls of wisdom from this. We have great guests. We have great content. Infotainment.
1: Infotainment. Infotainment. Yeah. Information. Yeah. Entertainment. Make you think. Maybe inspire. Motivate. Congratulate. Celebrate. It's like uh, the conglomerate. A, master, a master's
0: degree in sales. That's what it is. In get 30. the book.
1: For those of you that don't have the book, get the book. It is available in fine retailers and online, of course, and as well now available in paperback. Paperback right there. Paperback right, like the Beatles said. Our guest today is actually a fella I know personally and professionally, and you've come to know Very in well. both those ways as well. well. He's one of the bright minds in, in the, uh, this new era of uh, marketing and thinking and advertising and the difference there within it is greg snowden he's the vice president and account director at global team blue gtb and I, of course i know you through all your great work with uh, with ford welcome of, aboard my friend yeah, good
2: to see you Grego. Oh, glad to be here thank you guys for having me today it is our
1: pleasure indeed uh, why other than me saying greg should be on because we could really do a, a, a out of the park episode why do you think greg would be a great person to have here to share his wisdom with your audience? That's
0: an awesome question. So Greg and I have become friends over the course of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is now uh, speaking and sharing his knowledge about the other side of the sales funnel.
1: What is the other side? So
0: all of us, you know, are talking about what we do, Mm -hmm. how we pitch, what we say, what, you know, all the behavior that entrepreneurs and salespeople do. But today we're going to get the perspective and I've had the pleasure of sharing it with Greg what the other side? How it's being received. Mm-hmm. What If I do this, I'm playing chess. So if I make this move, what are you thinking? And getting in the mind of the guy who is receiving emails, phone calls, offers, some of the pitches. shit that gets <laughs> thrown at him, Right. it's just fantastic. It's really the yin and the
1: yang. Would you call it the buyer side or no? In a conversation yeah, between... Uh, yeah, it is the buyer side. Okay. He is... One of the top receiver of communication is
0: obviously one of the top brands in the marketplace, right? Everybody thinks they should be pitching Ford. And so they don't even take, they go right past all of the rules of sales and just throw stuff at him. We just had a great lunch, went over his presentation that he's now speaking to groups about seriously, do you really think I would buy this just coming out of the blue? You know, so without any thought, without any relationship, Salespeople are just throwing it at him, and, and his perspective is so real and so genuine that I'm excited to have him on and, and you know, have him share that.
1: Greg Snowden joining us on this 30th episode of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman the podcast. Is this the presentation, Greg, that I saw that you gave to the ESPN West Palm sales and marketing team? Is that what Steve is talking about?
2: Yes, and I've, I've added some more content to it and uh, helped it flow a little bit better. Uh-huh. But I think, uh, as Steve mentioned, when you work with a big brand like Ford, There, you get a lot more exposure out in the marketplace when we're doing the volume of marketing that we're doing, whether it's traditional, experiential, and you see a lot more people trying to solicit you, trying (laughs) to meet with you, trying to make a relationship with you, and I've seen it from soup to nuts. And what I've shared with Steve is some of those truisms that we don't like to talk about but are happening day in and day out with the sales side of things for people that think they have the right tricks and think they have the right methods to get in front of folks like me, but they really don't.
0: They're very transparent. I mean, You can see through them a mile away and go, dude, this is...
1: This presentation that you give is basically telling the people that are selling, that are pitching, that are reaching out, uh, here's what not to do, uh, here's what to do instead, and then why that case is to be. Um, People are reluctant to change their methods, though, aren't they? People say, well, this is the way I do it. This is my format. This is my process. i got to trust the process. People are resistant to someone showing them a better way to do it. Right, Greg?
2: Absolutely. And that's one of the things that Steve and I have been talking about is uh, PowerPoint, right? It's such a crutch in, in business and in industry and in communications, and it's become the tool now for people to use to share a presentation, a proposal, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they're very poorly constructed. Uh, one of the things that I was shared with Steve earlier is, you know, yes. it's, it, it comes down to, uh, much like you do in your personal life. When you're trying to meet a girl or date someone, right. you try to understand, you try to learn about them, you're interacting with them. That doesn't always convert over to the business world. We think that we have to follow these protocols like a robot and use the deck that our manager gave us to use and we have to go out and present it. Well, uh, the example that I gave to Steve and that I present on is, yeah, for those of you out there that remember mixtapes, uh-huh. right? when you used to make a mixtape... <laughs> or burn a CD. Or burn right, a the CD. Next generation, right. And this is where I told Steve, I said, for the younger generation that have never made those, this is where you can go check your text messages real quick. But um, <laughs> the the thought that goes into that and picking 12 to 15 songs that are actually meaningful that, that represent maybe when you first met this person or a great time you had on a cruise together or what have you, that that should be... Take, keep that in mind when you're building a presentation because a presentation shouldn't just be a bunch of songs. So the presentation... It shouldn't just be a bunch of slides.
1: The presentation should be, in effect, a mixtape customized to that individual. Or... Because or, of the relationship that you have, because of you understanding their interests and, and their goals
2: and their ideals. Exactly. And if, and if you don't know anything about them, it's okay to leave a blank slide in there and say, I don't know anything about you. I'd like to fill this with great information about you, your organization, yeah. your company, you're an entrepreneur, you're a long-established brand, you're a long-established company, you do excellent work in the community, nonprofits. Like, There's things that I want to learn about you <laughs> in order to make our business relationship blossom.
1: One way that I know, because I know both of you are men, uh, personally as well as professionally, one thing I do recognize you both have in common, and Greg, I know this comes up in the presentation that you give, is developing a relationship. I remember seeing Greg's presentation, and he was talking about dating. You go on a date, and you're, you know, you're not asking them to marry you. You're Not, not the you, first date. There, anyway. There's courtship, right. and then there's dating, right. and then there's a little romance. There's romance involved. And Steve, I know you are also... A, a big proponent and practitioner of seeing if there is a relationship of symbiotic gain and benefit, seeing if they just, just like each other. Otherwise, trying to force to the win in the sale is counterproductive to everybody's goals. So
0: there's one of the rules that we talk about, and, and the wor- it's one of the best words in sales, is figuring out if we're a fit or not. Right. And so everybody who's on the sales side that is trying to get to Greg thinks they're a fit for Ford Of course they've made up in their minds Ford should be buying me mm-hmm. now Ford couldn't possibly buy every single sponsor nor, nor should they they have a roadmap they have a strategy they have a way that they're going to market so really time spent learning and understanding mm-hmm. and then saying hey Greg you're a great guy but you know what my events not a fit for you mm-hmm. we should still be friends because guess what tomorrow He's not with Ford. He's with some other brand, or mm-hmm. he has his own business, or what, you know, developing the relationship with the person, not the brand or the the company name, is I think where a lot of salespeople go wrong. There's value in knowing, Greg, and understanding. We've never done business together. Uh-huh. There's nothing in my particular world right now, well, there is one that we're working on, but there's nothing really immediate that I have to offer Ford. Uh-huh. But he's still a good friend. He still has value in bouncing ideas off each other. And I think that's where salespeople go wrong. They say, you know, I'm either, he's either going to buy from me or he's a shithead. I'm not, he's not buying from
1: me. It's not not either or. They're attempting to rush that deal. They're attempting to rush to the altar. They want to get married right away, Greg, and that's a huge turnoff for you.
2: One of the other things I talk about, and this isn't a new philosophy, but it's hunting versus farming, right? Cultivating relationships over time and planting seeds for future sales mm-hmm. and not thinking that your sales funnel, there's going to be some that's going to drip out the bottom. So plant those seeds for future and nurture those relationships as opposed to just going out and trying to hunt. And, the value and, and,
1: of uh, farming versus just hunting.
2: Yeah. Which you is really, really an
0: excellent way to put it. It is. Because, you know, it takes time to farm. You know, it's, you're not, you, you, you need to nurture it. You need to water the, you know, you know so all of those, those analogies
1: work. Greg, you do a pre- part of your presentation. You talk about email. And you, you put up on the screen, email. you block out the addresses to spare the guilty and protect their, uh, their their guilt, I guess. And you indicate this is not how you open an email. This is not how you close an email. These are simple mistakes. People that are listening now all around the world some of them better listen closely because you may be making some of these mistakes. You know, I joke, I saw a tweet a, a while back, and I joke that, you know, based on this tweet, if we didn't begin emails with, hope all is well, how would people know that we didn't want something from them? <laughs> Today, I'm getting in the shower to come here, to come do the podcast and then do the radio show. Which we're show. very grateful that you're you very, do the shower. You're very welcome. Yeah, and I notice I get a text message from a guy I don't hear from very often. We know each other socially and what have you. And the text message begins with, hope all is well. And I said, I'll bet like Annie's, I'll bet you at Little Orphan Annie's bottom dollar, bet your bottom dollar that there's going to be some. And then he went on to continue uh, to, to, in the text, ask uh, about access for meet and greet for a concert, if there's some way I could help. And the tip off right up top was Hope all as well. People show their cards. They tell and they show that they're sloppy and they show that they're lazy and they show they haven't done their homework, Greg, don't they? When they email you and they contact Joe.
2: What about if he was to say to you in that text? Hey, Josh, that event I saw you at over the weekend looked super cool. I'd like to be considered the next time you do it. Hit me up if you got some extra tickets. Better, different, not hope all is well. It's a different tone. By the way, can I take advantage of you? Yeah. So so the
0: paradigm shift is, you know, he's an expert at this in my mind because of the volume of presentations he's getting. People blindly just shoot him a deck you know to look at oh yeah and generally speaking we talked about this at lunch the first 15 or 20 slides are about the event or about them not about ford right and so it's like listen i you know you don't even know me we don't even know but all this stuff about me pitch 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 pitch
1: and does I, anybody like to be sold? Nobody. I mean, I mean, when, when I walk through the mall and, and the woman goes, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And she wants to put, you know, lotion on my cuticles. I don't want to get sold. I, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like it's annoying. So, so he says, let's be different, which
0: I, I love. You know, how about the thing somebody starting out by saying, Hey, Greg, what are you, what is, what is not happening that you want to happen? Right. What, what can I help you do right. that you're not already doing? you're with all of the teams you're all you know you're you're creating your own events which they do an amazing job of you know really this experiential stuff what what are you not doing that you want to do what's keeping you up at night you know those kind of open questions that say hey maybe there's something in my arsenal that I can bring to the party but how would i know that it would ruin my chance by going here and and it's lazy he shows it's cookie cutter he shows that there are people who actually put the wrong
1: name on it and and they go that far as well Greg, a lot of people listening right now are thinking, okay, I'm one of those guys sending emails in decks to people like you. What are the mistakes they make? Just go ahead. What are the, rattle them off. Rattle, what are the mistakes that they make? Well, An example.
2: They'll put in the wrong name. They'll put in the wrong uh, industry. They'll put, hey, you could be the title car dealership for this event, but I don't have a car dealership. I represent a group of car dealerships, a brand of dealerships. So we see that all the time. They've not um, done their homework. No, they certainly have or not copy, done paste, their homework. copy-paste, copy-paste. Uh, copy-paste. Of well, course. Well, it goes back to their hunting instead of farming, right? If they're just going to rattle off and start blasting a bunch of emails out and hope that something sticks, the chances are unlikely. But if they took half of those emails and crafted them in a way that actually meant something to the people that are receiving them, and as it's, as, I'm, as I'm sitting here and we're going through this, it's dawning on me that in a selfish way, maybe the presentation and what I'm sharing is, is for me, is for people like me that yeah. are on the other side of the table so that you're, I'm not wasting your time and you're not wasting mine. So right. when I get a presentation, a proposal, a deck, that it actually has relevant information right out of the gate and that I feel a connection almost immediately as opposed to thumbing through 20 pages of a presentation that, like Steve was saying, it's, it's about them and not about me and I've already lost interest right away. What should
1: they stop doing? What, what are they doing? that they need to stop doing immediately, other than not checking for spelling, other than not regurgitating the same cookie-cutter press. Nike lost Steph Curry, it come to mind, because they presented him a deck that it was another player, and they just put his name over the top of it. Cut and paste. And, and, it was, and it was like, wait a second, this was intended for somebody else, and they made a mistake. So he signed with Under Armour and became a superstar and a league MVP, and then Nike missed a couple hundred million dollars. People, stop doing what, Greg? What, what We got the spelling mistakes, but stop doing what?
2: Well, the biggest thing is they stop listening, right? They're just talking, talking, talking. They're talking about every other player. They're not paying attention that Steph Curry is this guy that they're really trying to maintain and curate that relationship and continue it. I get presentations that say Dodge in them, and it's for Ford. So, <laughs> can you imagine? It's, it's use all of your. You talked about your senses earlier, right? Use all of your senses, uh-huh. every single one of them. Listen more, listen, 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 and do your research pay attention, be different. Like I shared with Steve, one of the things I talk about is do things different. Just because you have that cookie cutter presentation doesn't mean it has to be presented that way. One of the things that I talk about is every proposal that I get, and when I present this in a room, I say, how many of you have crafted a proposal recently? Everybody puts their arm, their hands up. How many end with the last page being how much it costs for that Sponsorship for that program, for that product, whatever it may be. Uh-huh. All the arms go up. How about you take that out, leave it separate, take them through the presentation of why you're there, all the things we just talked about, connecting with them, and then have a working document that actually makes them feel like they're part of this and not just telling them, this cost total value $140,000, the uh-huh. MSRP, but it really, for you, it's Which only $30,000. buying it at that. For exactly. you, it's $30,000.
0: Doesn't seem to make sense. So, so for, for me as a career sales guy, I believe you need to earn the right to pitch somebody when, when I think the mentality is, Mm. I've done my work. If I pitched, I spray and pray. I sent out 20 proposals today, but without any work, the work is understanding who they are, what they're trying to achieve. No
1: interaction. No grooming.
0: You know, so no relationship in any business, spraying and praying doesn't work. There's so much information about Greg that's available. We, they do so many events. You could go to one of the events. He's there. Right. He says, I'm going to be here. Look at us. Look at what we're doing. We're at SunFest. They do an amazing job, amazing job at SunFest. Mm-hmm. He's there. You know. So if you you got to get off your ass, go there and admire the work that he's done and maybe just send a note, hey, I was at SunFest this week and you did an awesome job. Done.
2: Not it's getting to the decision maker, right? Really? It could be me. It could be someone else. It could be the CEO, the CMO. It could be a proprietor of a business. You're trying to get in front of them. So you're not just going to walk up to their house and knock on their door. You're going to find the right way at the right time to do it. And that's what What Steve and I have been talking about is when you when you invest that time in understanding who your target is and who your prospect is, the end return on it, should be much more valuable than just shotgun approach to, I'm putting 30 decks together, I'm going to throw them all out there and hope that something sticks today. Yeah,
1: that doesn't work. Let's get to the intersection between sales and marketing. I think a lot of people that listen um, don't really necessarily understand the difference between sales and marketing, and you're an expert on this, you're an authority on this, uh, Greg Snowden, so if you wouldn't mind... Uh, kind of meet us at that intersection, because these are two different avenues that do converge. There is an intersection, but they travel in different directions. So please, by all means.
2: So the president of the agency that I am I'm employed by, he said something very, very astute recently, which was, we work at the intersection of business and everything else. So every, what does that mean? What does that well, mean? Well, every culture, music, arts, entertainment, and you can appreciate this, Josh, because you are a man that is very knowledgeable about well, TV shows in particular, Pop TV, TV jingles, no, I'm mm-hmm. just kidding. Yeah. All of the great things that are really, its they're <laughs> cultural, culturally relevant things that sure. that bring us all together. It's the old talk that we, you know, that, that standing around the cooler, the water cooler and having these conversations. Well, that all correlates back to marketing and really good marketing and storytelling and being able to carry those stories and, and talk about your brand in a way that is meaningful to the consumer and not just meaningful to you. So there's a lot of brands out there. There's a lot of companies and products that love to talk about them. They tell their story. And again, it correlates back when you see their presentations on paper. 20 slides about them. It comes across in their marketing. They're talking about in a 30 second TV spot. 25 seconds are about them. And then the last five are about why you should, why you should buy their product. That's, that's great if you are doing an infomercial. But if you are trying to create brand relevancy, and make connections with consumers, being culturally relevant and doing things that actually are pop culture, mm-hmm. connecting with people in ways that are more relevant to them, that's, uh, you'll, you'll find you should be more successful there.
1: The intersection of sales and marketing.
0: Steve. So, so I take this conversation, and he talks about it from a brand perspective. I talk about it from a salesperson sure. perspective. Right. The big paradigm shift is that salespeople need to figure out how to market themselves mm. to the opportunity. So, how do I show up to you? You know, and for me, it's always about the Blazers and you know how I, how I, what I wear, what I say, how authentic am I? That's a real paradigm shift that salespeople are having a hard time with because it's not my product. That is, he's going to make a decision on right away. Right. He's going to make a decision on me and then open up the door for the opportunity to me, for me to learn and show him what I'm doing. But that, that's where sales has gone. It's that everything's pretty much of a commodity. If this guy wants to do an event, there's a zillion events. Right. So if I don't do your event, I could do somebody else's event. But if I like you and we've connected, then I'm more likely to open it up and say, you know what? I like you. I prefer to do business with people I know, like, and trust. So that whole marketing thing, and I speak about it very specifically in this concept that we created called 3D PR. Mm-hmm. Most people. 3D
1: PR. Yeah. So. Elaborate. So,
0: so what does that mean? So PR is a way of telling stories. You know.
1: PR brand. in the traditional sense of public
0: relation? Correct. Brands do it all the time. I, as a salesperson, have always used this mentality, and I started my agency twenty five, twenty four 24 years ago. We went out and bought regular bases at a place called Sports Authority. Incredible. Mm-hmm. But those bases were, uh, we put a note on the base that said um, the dictionary definition of what first base was, and we sent, a, sent it along with a handwritten note that said we just want to get to first base to 25 people who we wanted to know in the marketplace. Mm. We got 25 callbacks, not 25 sales opportunities. Right. People knew who we were. They knew, to his point, we were different. So I take it down to the least common denominator. If I wanted to get to you and I knew what school you went to, mm-hmm. if you were a Gator or a Knoll, and I just sent you a ball, and the ball said, hey, That's I, cool. I just no, all I want to do is get the ball rolling with you, and it was your school colors, Being memorable. you're
1: calling me back. Greg, you're, you're nodding your head uh, very uh, vigorously here. Because that has nothing to do with my product or service. That has something to do with, I'm paying attention to do, you. I was going to say, doesn't it show that this individual has taken the time to learn who you are, what you're about, and make a connection with you to say, hey, let's begin a conversation, a dialogue. It shows a little bit of effort.
2: It shows tremendous effort because not a lot of people are doing that. So even just the smallest little indication that you've taken the time to learn something about me or something about your prospect should relate. There's a, a, a good friend of mine and he did something that was incredible, much like you just talked about with the bases. He wanted to get a meeting with somebody and he sent them a custom Converse shoe, but he only sent them one. And right. he goes, if you want the other shoe, we got to meet. Boom. Right. Do you I, think he got the meeting? I
1: bet he got the meeting. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, so
1: it,
0: what's interesting is that when I talk to sales staffs, mature people, they go, Oh, we used to do that all the time. We would send one shoe and say, Hey, I got one foot in the door now, you know, that kind of thing. So I said, You know, did it work? They go, Yeah. They go, Why did you stop doing that? Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable that, So the, the real shift is companies usually want to send you their trinkets. This is something with my company name on it. Here's right. some, you know, a, yeah. a portfolio or, you know, here's a keychain or a la- flashlight or whatever send something that's important about to you them. to right. them. right? And, and so that idea is just getting noticed, breaking the clutter. One of the things he puts in his presentation, which I love, is that it's a fight for attention. It is. His, he is getting bombarded. Everybody wants something. Everybody wants to get to him.
1: Mm-hmm. The ones who
0: do and take the time and the effort to do it are the ones that get seen and have the opportunity. Well,
1: at the end of the day, these may be decision makers. These may be gatekeepers. These may be... Uh, important people on behalf of multi-million and billion-dollar corporations and brands. But at the end of the day, these are individuals that have feelings, that have personal beliefs, morals, values, that have egos, per se, and they know that everybody wants something from them, so they get to pick and choose who it is they're going to give that time to. And I know you say, wait a minute, you should be functioning on behalf of the brand or the multi-billion dollar corporation. Right. With that said, it's the old Maya Angelou, as I quote every freaking week, it seems. How do you mean? People it? remember yeah. they, well, the things you say or do, they'll remember the way you make them feel. How do I feel when I see Greg Snow? How do I feel when I see Steve Nudelberg? There are certain people, when I see them, immediately, <laughs> I, I feel like they're going to want something from me. Right. Or they're going to be a pain in my ass. Or I'm so happy to see them because now my day's that much brighter.
0: You know what I'm saying? The best part of all of this is that the clues are very obvious. So social media, last week he went with a friend to New York to see Eminem. Yeah. Right? Correct. Right. You so saw it. that was you're... out there. I saw it. So if I wanted to get to him, all I would have to do is send something from Eminem, a T-shirt, mm-hmm. a, a CD, or whatever the common thing is now, and say, Hey, man, I know you're, you know. Because you took 30 seconds on attention. social media. I paid attention. Homework. I saw it. It's, the clues are out there. what people do, who they do it with, what they like. The clues are there. You just got to pay attention. And, you know, so then, you know, the the idea of a proposal for us, you know, Shay is here. We we don't do proposals. We do memos of understanding. Memos of understanding. We've already talked to each other. We agree that this is sort of the concept of what we're going to try and do or not do. And here's what we understand from the meeting. And people love that. It's not a, a pitch. You know, it's just a whole different mindset. So his, I believe, and to your point, he's going to be an amazing speaker out in the, in the universe because he offers a perspective that you don't normally see. You know, there's a lot of people pitching and right. speaking on stage, but getting in the mind of somebody who's actually. He's like rese- when the,
1: Greg's like when the FBI hires the bad guy. Yeah. When, 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 the, bad, really good when the bad guys were beating the casino and they were cheating and they go, hey, come work for us. That is so good. Well, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. You know, to have one good point a day. Unfortunately, it came in the in the in the uh, 28th minute of the podcast. I wish I had something for you a little earlier, maybe for episode 31. You did, great, we'll do that.
0: you did great. But
1: but no, is that is that is that a fair assessment, Greg? It's kind of like, hey, um, I know what you guys want to happen. And I've been on that side. And now on this side, let me tell you guys what you're getting right and what you're getting wrong.
2: So as I shared with Steve, the, I've given this presentation a handful of times, and the very first question I'm asked at the end of all of these was, okay, so how do I get to someone like you? Even though I just took them through a whole just tactical guide of how to do it, right. they're looking at me going, I want to get to that guy. And they're thinking of all the guys and gals that are similar to me that they want to get to, and I've just shared a bunch of tactics and tools with them, and it what once it's, once it sets in, they'll realize, oh, what he just shared with me yeah. is exactly, is exactly it. that. Yeah. But they want some other tricks. They want more, they just want more substance. They want me to give them the key to the offices of all the people they're trying to meet. And that's, that takes work. But, that takes time and it takes effort. And they have to do it. Uh, and if they do, they will reap more benefit from it. They'll see more value from it. And their relationships will be just that, right? Relationships has the word relate in it. Find common ground. Find things that we that are meaningful to one another. Right back exactly. to the
1: hostage negotiator yeah. that I speak of all the time. But you're exactly right. The hostage negotiator uh, wants to find commonality with the hostage taker, so from there they can begin a uh, solution that will be in the best interest of all the uh, all the parties involved. Uh, it, it's you know it comes down to resourcefulness, and we live in an age now. Where resourcefulness is only as plentiful as Wi-Fi because these people that are saying to you, Greg, how do I get how do I get to you? They're used to just Googling solutions. They're not thinking they're not taking what you gave them and applying them because the Google age of what is it as opposed to just doing the work yourself.
0: And, you know, when someone's doing the work, he knows it shows up. Very different. So it's, uh, you know, we're we're living in this fascinating time, to your point. There's so much
1: information, so readily available. The sourcefulness should be at an all-time high, but instead it's the opposite because they're leaning upon others. The election was decided by people who read things and didn't consider the source on their Facebook pages. They did not know. They can't themselves differentiate. So when you are trying to do business with companies and trying to get to meetings with individuals like Greg Snowden, listen to what he says. He's been on that side. He's on this side. Everybody's coming, and he's saying, "Don't do this. Never do that. Instead, why don't you try and do this?" And, you, and you're at the end of the day, you're him being. And when you open some of these emails, you're turned off immediately. And here's the best. Part, and other times, you're intrigued because of all this. He's one hell of a salesperson. <laughs> he knows all this. Now time. he's dangerous. Now he's dangerous. Oh boy, we've cre- we've created a monster,
2: Greg. Absolutely. I'm, I'm ready to sell whatever you guys have. <laughs> there it
1: is. The vice president and account director global of team blue, Greg Snowden. Thank you for the time and the insight. Um, kind of like a, like a cheat code, if you will. Awesome. Kind, you know, kind of, kind of a cheat code of, Hey, uh, you know, this is not a good idea. And I know we, we maybe oversimplified it, but these are, you know, rules that you can practice in, in every day. When you go to write the email, just get his name right. For starters, and he has no agenda. There's no you know, right. he
0: Have to do this. Right. This is really pearls of wisdom. So it's yeah. I'm grateful you came on. I'm grateful that uh, I love your presentation. I
1: love what you're doing. Keep on doing. Thank it.
2: Thank you, Greg. Appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me on the thirtieth episode. Right.
1: We'll always right remember it. Right. <laughs> well, I think what he's implying is why not episode one through twenty nine. Oh, that could right. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: But you did have to you know come up to West Palm. So that's definitely. true too.
1: That's true too. Uh, Stevie, we don't ask people uh, what's up or how you doing. That's just the crutch talk. You ask people to tell them something good, and a lot comes from that. Oftentimes, but ultimately, people share what's good. They feel better, and now you're already on a positive foot. So, So why uh, don't we we wrap up episode 30? Why don't you tell us something good? So, here's
0: something good: a big shout out to my friends at Benjamin Steakhouse in New York. I was in New York last night. My man G at the bar took care of me and my two sons. The greatest meal, the greatest service, Benjamin and, Steakhouse, and it was fantastic. Located where? gift for on 40, 41st Street, forty first and what? Forty uh, first and third. Thank you very and much. And it's uh, they're amazing. It's fantastic. My reason for shouting it out is that it was an amazing Father's Day. It was, you know, I got to spend the day, uh, you know, the time with my two boys. That's good, which was incredible. So shout out to them because when you deliver service. Is not something that, you know, is, you know, you, you
1: have to do, Maya do that. Maya Angelou, you'll remember the way they made you feel. They made they made me feel like a superstar Paya. last night. So. Thank you very yeah. much. Our thanks again to Greg Snowden, Vice President, Account Director, Global Team Blue, GTB. And uh, Steve, 31 pretty good. You want to go for 31? 31's a, a doozy, man. Let's do it. I got a lot of famous 32s and 33s. I can't think of a, a 31 on the top of my head. You got a 31? A famous 31. Yeah, like Come a, on, Ken. Like a middle Come reliever on, for Ken. the Yankees in the late 31. 70s. Nolan Ryan. Did Nolan Ryan wear 31? Oh, I hope not. Oh, come I'm on. I'm going to feel terrible come if he on. did. Is that Nolan, did come Nolan on. Did Ryan? Did Nolan Ryan get wear it right? 30? If, no. Oh, okay. If he did, I'm going to feel terrible. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, we'll we're, think about we're it. We're thinking we'll about it. We'll have one for next time. There you go. On behalf of Steve Nudelberg, Josh Cohen saying, buy the book. Read the book, Confessions of a Serial Salesman. And thanks for listening to episode 30 of the 20, 20- well, you know, Confessions of a Serial Salesman 27 Rules for Influencers and Leaders. Uh, 31. Okay. Goodbye. Oh. God bless. Godspeed.